On today's episode of These Seven Tests Will Strengthen Your Faith, we're going to be talking about the manipulation test on Souls Road 2. And welcome to Souls Road 2. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And uh, our goal is to encourage the average believer to continue in their walk because God fixes our steps. In fact, I just read today in, uh, I think it was uh, Habakkuk, one of those minor prophets, the smaller books in the Old Testament, where God makes our feet like, like the feet of a deer. In other words, he teaches us how to dance like the grace of a dancer when we're navigating trials and tribulations. So think like a dancer, right? So, but today I just want to talk to you about uh, the, the test of manipulation because we all are prone to it. We're all prone to control and manipulation. That's a fact. Even the shyest person, I've been a minister for a long time, even the shyest, most unassuming person can be controlling in a passive way. And so we're all prone to it. And, you know, the, the big mouths are obvious, right? Like me, I'm a big mouth. You know, if I control you, you know it real quick because it's obvious, right? I'm, I'm overt in that way. But some people can be very quiet and be controlling. So Genesis 17, 8 says this. It says, And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. What's he saying there? He's saying, you know, God is talking about the promise with him, how he's going to, him and his wife are going to have a baby and they're going to have this promised and, and the baby together, even though Abraham is in his late 70s already. Uh, right. So so he goes, well, what about my, you know, Ishmael, you know, the son I had with my servant? Can't he just live in your sight as my inheritance? And God said this, no, but your wife, Sarah, shall bear you a son and you shall name him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his for his offspring after him. So some theologians believe that when he took Lot, right, when Abraham took Lot, his nephew, with him on the journey, that Lot was his backup plan. And we've been saying that during the series because that's a big deal in Abraham's life, that Lot was one of his backup plans. And also his servant Eliezer was one of his backup plans. Abraham was eyeing him as another possible heir. And, and he even mentioned that to God in another scripture. But the height of Abraham and Sarah's manipulations happened when they attempted to sire a child of the promise, a, a child that would carry the inheritance one day to the Gentiles of, of God and through Christ, right? From the servant Hagar, who was the mother of Ishmael. And Ishmael was the Ill illegitimate son, so to speak. In this scripture, Abraham was even trying to talk God into accepting Ishmael as the promise, because in our, in our minds as humans, we're like, wait, it's practical. Why not? You know, it's right there. It'll work out <laughs> and all these things. And but God says, no, uh, that's his answer. No, the promise is happening this way. So here's the question. Why doesn't God simply let us call the shots? Why doesn't he just let us run everything and just plan everything and just be in charge of everything? And there's an old saying that that God, even though he, he, he uses authority on earth. All authority comes from God. That's Romans 13. So why didn't God simply give in to Abraham and just allow Ishmael, the illegitimate son, to be a steward of, of the future covenant? That's practical. It makes perfect sense. Why not? Here's, here's a scripture that might give, give uh, context to the answer. Isaiah 42.8 says, I am the Lord. This is my name. My glory I, I give to no other, 
nor my praise to idols. So this scripture makes God exclusively the person who gets the glory. And so here's the point. Abraham and Sarah would have had bragging rights if they were able to manufacture the promise in their own strength they would look at their lives like like some people will say i built this with my hands and my blood from you know from the bottom up and there's a certain pride in there that is is opposed to god because god resists the proud the scripture says and it, this would have been a monument to their ego look at what i've built look at what i've done with my blood and sweat and tears and so jesus put it simply this way Without me, you can do nothing. Genesis 17, 21, again, gives clarity to what God was saying to Abraham. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, right, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this season next year. So God's kind of giving him a hint of when it's going to happen now, which is awesome. Our problem is we can't wait, so we manipulate to try to make it happen. God shows Abraham that he, God, is in charge by telling him the time and the season when the promise will happen and how it will happen. So God never tolerates human manipulation. It says it in Proverbs 19.21, The human mind may devise many plans, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established. And we find that some people try to bargain with God Right? Well, if you do this, God, if you get me out of this pinch, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Salvation doesn't work that way. Or, you know, because that, that if word is really a, a, a word of condition that keeps me in control, that says, if you do this, then I'll do that, God. Like, like I'm doing him a favor. That's the opposite of how salvation works, because salvation works by humbling ourselves before God and saying, Lord, I have nothing and you are everything. Would you accept my life? That's real salvation. So it is God who sets the terms of the if to Abraham at the beginning of the journey. When in Genesis 17, 2, he says, And I will make my covenant between me and you, and will make you ex exceedingly numerous. So, so God sets the terms. He's in charge, and I'm not. That's, that's very simple. So we have been speaking all along in this short series about how Abraham attempted to fabricate the promise using his own wisdom, his own cunning, his own strength, as we often do. And again, this underlies a deeper problem in the whole story, the unwholesome need we humans have to control things. And we have all been controllers, and we've been controlled, and we've all faced controllers. And it's, it's in our nature to, to just want to say, I will, I will do this. And there's nothing wrong with having ambition. There's nothing wrong with having drive and having vision, as long as it's God's ambition and God's vision, if that makes sense. So there are other words for, for manipulation, like control or even witchcraft in the scriptures. And you may say, wow, that's a leap of logic. How do you get from control and manipulation to witchcraft? That doesn't make any sense at all. Well... The word sorcery means potion making. Sorcery especially exercised through the mixture of substances to make potions especially used for making poisons. And so how does that connect to control? Well, maybe I try to conjure something in my own strength and I try to manipulate a circumstance so that it serves me. That's no different than sorcery. 
because I'm, I'm I'm mixing things. I'm mixing things and ideas, and 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 I'm manipulating people and convincing them, and 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 all these things. But there are three pictures of control I want to give you today. One is controlled in the sense of administering drugs, and and that's the word, the Greek word pharmakeia, uh, where you get the word pharmacy from, where, where you mix all these drugs, and some are good, some are bad, some are poisoned, some are not, and they make healing, right? But in this sense, drugs, drugs can put people under the influence, so can control. I've seen it through the years where one person can control the church. One person can control a group of people by their, by their machinations, by their tongue, by their ability just to, to bully them. I've seen this through the years. And you ever hear that saying, he or she is under their thumb? That's control. And in the garden, Satan exercised sorcery when he asked a simple question, but dangerous question, did God say? So that's one sense of, of control. Another sense is mixing potions for poisoning, right? Again, think about sorcery. Mixing truth and lies, right? Like mixing truth and deception. There's a whole lot of that today with all of these conspiracy theories that Christians are just watching without even going to the scriptures and finding out how does this compare to the scriptures? They just kind of believe it and that's it, you know, they say it. Uh, but people can become poisoned against friends or family when they are on, under the controlling influence of someone. Have you ever had a, a child that was maybe dating someone or had a friend, and when they were with that friend, they were not a good version of themselves, and you did not like what you saw? That's because they're under their influence. That's control. But a third sense is this, a third sense of, of manipulation or control or witchcraft is casting spells on, on people and uh, so that they become deceived. And often it's found in connection with idolatry where a manipulative person would lead others to worship a false god or follow a deceptive teaching and all in the name of truth. And there's a lot of this that happens today, and unless Christians know the Word of God for themselves, I don't mean know YouTube or know this podcast or even my podcast, know the Word of God for yourself, what the Word really says, and you study it until you really know it, we're going to be prone to deception. And God spoke about manipulative nations in the book of Revelation, where he said in Revelation 18.23, all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And sometimes you look at the big nations of the world, like, like the Western nations, like America and France and all these things. How much have, have we influenced the world, right? And, it, and the Scriptures calls it sorcery because there's all these machinations that, that make people turn a certain way and think a certain way. So in the end, witchcraft is not about loving Satan as much as it's about control, about gaining and having control and power. So why do you think that people in modern-day witchcraft cast spells and create potions? Because they believe in control and they believe in power. And Rick Joyner once put it this way, Witchcraft is a counterfeit spiritual authority. It is, used, it is using an, an unholy spirit to dominate, to manipulate, or control others. And we find that in the scriptures, when, when we talk about this, this witchcraft, God is so against control that He won't even control you. Yes, he, He's sovereign and he, and he has a sovereign will, but He gives you the opportunity to choose. In Joshua 24, 15, choose you this day who you will serve. God will not make you serve Him. 
he says, choose you this day who you will serve. So there are three quick ways you can identify if maybe you have a, a control problem or maybe you're a manipulator. Think about the famous woman Jezebel in 1 Kings 21 verses 1 through 16. I don't have time to read it, but uh, you know, we often use the term Jezebel spirit, right? And Jezebel can be a man as well as a woman. It could be anybody, right? But there are three traits you find in Jezebel if you read that chapter. The first one is this, exhibiting a strong, domineering character, uh, self-willed or forceful. And now, you know, some of us can, can be naturally strong personalities. It doesn't mean we're Jezebels, right? But in this case, they're dominating, they're dominating people. They're, they don't want to take advice. They're not teachable. And they're forceful. They're like, you got to do it my way or else. Th that's control. But also another aspect is, is using intimidation. Jezebel threatened uh, somebody, uh, uh, Naboth, to take his vineyard. She said, if you don't do this, I will do that. And Jezebel can be a bully. They can really try to bully you and control you. And But the third thing they do is they rob heritage. Jezebel killed Naboth, a man who had this vineyard next to the king's palace, just to take his vineyard. And we find that that the reason why I say it's robbing heritage is because Naboth had had been asked, hey, can you sell me this vineyard? And he says, the Lord forbid that I should give you my ancestral inheritance. And, and Jezebel, the controlling spirit, can steal your inheritance. It can steal what God has planned for your life. And that's why it's so important that we not let ourselves be controlled by anyone, uh, but we hold people accountable and we, we stand in, in the freedom and righteousness God has given us. So a closing thought before we finish today. The opposite of control is trust. In other words, in other words, instead of me trying to control the situation and manipulate it and fix people or fix things or fix God or fix the world, God invites us to trust Him. Trust Him that He's in charge. In, in Habakkuk, he, he said the very thing to Habakkuk when Habakkuk had a big problem with God and said, Lord, why are all these evil things happening in the world? There's so much injustice and so much evil. And God tells him, the just shall live by faith. In other words, you have to believe and trust that God is in charge and that He knows what He's doing. Now, Watchman Nee said this, and I'll close with this. Many, however, do what they like and refuse to do what they dislike. They never ponder whether or not they are acting out of obedience. Hence, many works are done out of self and not obedience to God. So, I think that's a probing question today. Are we doing things out of self to pr promote ourselves, to manipulate our way into a job or in a situation? Or are we waiting on God in the right way? And yes, absolutely, there's hard work in between, but we have to distinguish. We have to have enough discernment to know what's hard work and what's my manipulation. So we must be willing to cut off our own means of producing something at our own strength and be able to trust in the promise of God and obey Him instead of control. So if you like this podcast, please leave a like and uh, join us on YouTube. And we're also on Facebook and we're on uh, wherever you can stream podcasts and check out soul02.com. And I'm so glad to be with you today. So till next time, God bless you.